what is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Thank you for joining us for the Red Hot Real Estate Show. I am Ms. Shannon. Mimi Shoneman will be here very soon. And in the meantime, we are always happy when our mortgage expert from Amec Home Loans joins us. Mr. Phil Olson, I feel like you're on the phone. How are you doing today, Phil? Here we go. There we go, Phil. How are well, you today? <laughs> I am doing fine. How are you? I am outstanding. I'm doing okay for, in the grand scheme of things, I am doing well, doing yes, well. Always yeah. glad to hear your voice. I would tell you, in the grand scheme of things, we're, in a, we're living in a crazy world, and I, I pray and hope that all our my talkers out there are safe, washing their hands, and uh, keeping their distance, and we will get through this. Right. Phil, why don't we go ahead and start with your NMLS numbers today, please? NMLS 238103 is my NMLS number. Right. And I know that right now there are lots of things with the up and downs of, of the way rates have been going. But what are rates doing right now, like this week? I would tell you it really depends on the specific client. Okay. If the client has excellent credit and uh, they've got a very good equity position in their home or they've got very, very good financials, rates on the conventional side are very, very low and very, very competitive. Okay. At the same point. At the same point in time, we have seen more volatility in the last week in our market than I can't even compare this to 08, 09, or 010, okay. believe it or not. All right. The, the volatility that we had back then came slowly. All right. This has, come up, this has come about in a span of about seven days, and it's it's literally crazy all the changes that we're seeing specifically on it is the government loans, be it FHA, VA, USDA, and it's also starting to affect the bond market. Okay. Be it the Minnesota house, be it the Minnesota housing loans as well. Okay. So, do you want to break down how those changes are, are have have changed over the last seven days? Sure. Okay. Would love to. So let's kind of focus. Let's just kind of focus on the big changes in the market. And some of these changes, in the past, normally we would get it is, you know, some leeway. Hey, you've got 30 days to close this loan, or right. you once you're locked, once you're locked, you're good to go. Uh, I'm actually seeing changes right now where even if the consumer was locked with a rate, okay, yes. that loan may not, may not fund now based on the credit score. Okay. Uh, We've seen credit scores on FHA, and kind of the key number is kind of 640. Okay. Now, I've seen, I've seen multiple lenders that have increased their credit scores requirements on federal government loans to, say, 660, even 680. And then there's lots of lenders out there that have completely gotten out of the market. Okay. Meaning they will not close any uh, any FHA, VA, or USDA loans. Uh, that being said, 
what I'm, I'm trying to tell all the consumers out there is if you're planning on buying a home or if you're in a transaction, it's imperative that they contact their lender or their real estate agent Monday or Tuesday and find out, all right, we are going through this. What impact is there on my transaction or what impact is there on my potential transaction that I plan on doing here later this spring and early summer? Okay. Um, I do think, I think this is temporary. Okay. I, at least I hope this is temporary. Um, right now, I still have lots of capability, mm-hmm. but I have her, I have heard of, of, of clients out there that have worked, are working with other people that their specific situation has completely died, okay. meaning their loan cannot be funded. So let's kind of talk about some of the things that are causing major issues, not just credit score. Um, if a consumer currently is in the process of building a home yes. or they're in the process of buying a home and their income is either they're in a layoff status Yes. Their income has been, has been reduced. Their hours have been cut back. I would tell you under all three of those specific criteria, it's not good. Okay? okay. Not mm-hmm. good. That's why I'm saying they need to make contact with their lender and hopefully that lender can come up with a with a solution. Right. We're also seeing we're also seeing it is reductions in what's called debt to income ratios. Okay. And I'll give you an I'll give you an example of that. FHA's maximum cap on debt to income ratios was fifty seven percent. Okay. That's now that's now been reduced to fifty percent. Okay. Now if you currently have a purchase that you're going to be closing in the next 30 days and you got qualified at 54%. Yes. And you're supposed to close in 30 days. I would tell you, you should be calling your lender first thing Monday and saying, okay, I heard that FHA has reduced the cap down to 50%. Are we still going to be able to close my loan? Okay. Now, if they're working with a really good loan officer, that loan officer might be able to look at their loan and if it's been impacted, come up with suggestions on how to fix it. Right. I'm not saying that's going to be the case. Um, here's the other thing. If you're currently in an FHA, VA, or USDA loan, you might want to look at trying to transfer your loan into a conventional loan product, maybe using mm-hmm. it is the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Home Possible, uh, Home Ready program, because those guidelines have not been impacted as much. Okay. Um, so another thing that's happening is if the consumer is looking at buying a home on with FHA, VA, or USDA, and they were borrowing funds, borrowing funds to help facilitate the down payment or the closing costs, they've come out with guidance, and it basically says when funds from a down payment or closing costs are not borrower's own funds, minimum FICO score, in other words, minimum credit score is now 700. Okay. And the, max, and the maximum debt-to-income ratio 
is 43%. Okay, so All that's right? a big change, Phil, so, over the last seven days, you're saying? Over the last seven days, we're literally seeing a change every day. And then the following day, we get another change that impacts that same change changing that specific guideline. Right. Well, we appreciate so, you bringing us partially up to speed, Phil. Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results is also joining us as well, and I know things are probably changing over in your well world very often soon. I mean, very very rapidly as well, Mimi. Everything's changing mm-hmm. yeah, by the minute. Yes. And so, Phil. Hi, Mimi. Hey, Phil. So we're talking, you're talking a little bit about the government programs, correct? Correct. So let me just, like, recap what you just said. So you're saying that if the borrower is not doesn't have enough money on their own, uh, say they're getting a gift from a family member or or what what other scenarios would that be? Um, Be it they're getting a gift from a family member, they're getting a gift from from a boyfriend or girlfriend. If it's not their own funds, they're basically stating that, hey, you don't have the liquidity or you don't have reserves of your own money in case you fall behind or in case you lose your job. Uh, and they're basically ratcheting up the guidelines. Okay. So a minimum credit score of what, please? Right now, it really depends, I would tell you, on the lender. If you're, all, if you're working with one lender and they don't have access to a lot of other lenders, I'm seeing rates or, excuse me, credit scores anywhere between 640 and 700 on the government side. Okay. So that's still achievable. So if, if somebody's in the middle of a transaction right now with a government program, what would you say that if their current loan program and their current loan company can't do the loan can they call you do you have other offerings that some people don't have have, i have other yep i've got other offerings okay uh the one of the things that i would probably maybe be looking at is trying to provide some type of immediate credit repair to get their credit score up even higher and sometimes that could be done in as little time as five to ten days I would probably also look at if they're using a federal government loan, I would try to find a way to make that loan go conventional because the conventional market is far more stable at this point in time versus uh, the federal government programs. Well, Phil, now, when we come back why- from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about con- how you would flip somebody from a government program to uh, conventional. Sure. All right. We'll also to. we'll also take your calls. You can call us easily at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071, also streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results. Also on the line, Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans. Talking about all the changes that have gone on even in the last week and taking your calls, you can call us at 651-641-1071 if you have any questions. So, Phil, uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about if you have the opportunity to switch from a government loan to a conventional loan, that that would be better. We all know that. Um, but specifically, what would somebody have to be able to do in order to make that happen? Well, uh, if you've got a creative loan officer, and that's, that's going to be really key. 
the, the key is going to be that the loan officer has a lot of flexibility and is robust as far as all the different programs they have. Basically, what you, what you do is then you flip that specific product. You go from FHA to a conventional, dependent on your debt-to-income ratios. If your debt-to-income ratios are still below 50 or 45%, what you do is you flip that to a conventional loan product dependent on the consumers, be it their, how much are they putting down, and dependent on what their credit looks like. Now, if you flip it to a home ready or a home possible, home ready and home possible are specific loan products for first time home buyers and even buyers that have not, that have owned a home within the last three years, but they have looser credit criteria. Now, the reason they probably set your loan up as an FHA is that the payment would maybe be less by maybe 50 bucks. But right now, it's really not about payment. It's really about getting the consumer to the closing table, believe it or not. And if the lender can't sell that federal government loan, they're not going to be able to close it. So, by flipping it to a conventional loan product, and that's what investors want right now, and you might ask the question, why is that? That's because there's mortgage insurance. The mortgage insurance on the conventional side covers the lender immediately. The FHA mortgage insurance covers the lender a year and a half down the road. And with a government loan, the servicer, if the consumer defaults, the servicer is required to make the payments for the next 12 months before they can even bring an action against the consumer to go into a foreclosure. That being said, right now there's a moratorium. Very important to all our listeners out there, make your mortgage payment. If you can't make your mortgage payment, talk with your servicer. There is a moratorium. They're talking about forbearances. My understanding of the forbearance that's coming is that they'll take your mortgage payment and put it at the back end of the loan. But for those that don't talk with their servicers, don't work with their servicers, uh, they could be setting themselves up for a disaster down the road. They're well, better talk off this, talking. So let's yep, talk about that. Ahead. So let's just try to uh, drum up a scenario of what so we know that things are changing on the dime right now for everybody um so right now yep. what we know is the forbearance they're going to put the payments on the back end but when we had the down market before in 2008 forbearances caught people uh kind of off guard and let's talk a little bit about what that did to people's credit back in 2008 versus what we think might happen today all right, so back in 08, a forbearance was reported on the credit bureaus through the credit suppositories as almost as a foreclosure, and it was viewed by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac as a foreclosure. We have a di totally different situation at this point in time. Yesterday, I spoke with uh, Lonnie Okerling, my rep for the credit bureaus, I talked with him for about 30 minutes. Right now, 
he will be having it is a phone conference supposedly Monday or Tuesday as to how this is going to be reported on the credit bureau. In his opinion, it's going to be reported better for the consumer than what it was back in 08, 09, or 010. They still are working through that. I don't have anything I can say that's 100% other than if the consumer works with the servicer and speaks with them and talks with them, the servicers are working with the consumers at this time. It's my belief that credit is not going to be affected, but I'm not the one that's going to make that decision. Well, so let's talk a little bit about forbearance for real estate and mortgage versus forbearance on student loan debt. Mm-hmm. How the difference is. All right. Well, the difference is on a student loan, you can be put on a forbearance program based on the fact that you have limited income. And you might be put on a forbearance for 12 months or 24 months. And that forbearance on the credit report does not impact the credit score and does not impact the consumer negatively. As in 08, 09, 010, a forbearance did impact a mortgage. But like I said, my understanding is uh, this is not going to impact consumers unless the consumers are not working with the servicer. And so, Phil, for folks that don't really know what a servicer is, the servicer is who the mortgage company sells the loan to, and that's who you make your payments to, correct? Correct. Absolutely. And so, and they, I know, I know there's, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, if people need to know how to get a hold of their servicer, they didn't really know them as a servicer, they can just go to their mortgage payment statement, the coupon book, correct? Whoever you pay to, that is who you need to reach out to. Now, is there a special department that you know of that would be the best place to start? I know that I was reading somewhere where um, you need to call and do things by the letter of your last name. Um, That would be like so that they control the the flow of these applications. Uh, From what I'm being told is, yes, go to your mortgage statement, call the phone number, Understand right now call times or wait times throughout the industry from what I'm hearing can't be anywhere from 8 to 10 hours on hold. Um, Consumers are going to have to be patient. Uh, They're going to have to get a hold. They may end up having to call them back. It's my understanding that the customer service departments for all the major banks and all the major servicers are working with their consumers and having compassion and humanity in dealing with this specific situation. But it's really up to the consumer. Just don't make your mortgage payment, folks. You do that, uh, you're you're potentially looking at uh, not getting the help that you would have received had you reached out to them. Okay, so Phil, I think that was a little confusing. Let me, let's just reiterate what the, what you mean. You and I both recommend, if you have the wherewithal to make your mortgage payment, to make your mortgage payment, correct? Absolutely. And the reason for that is why? The reason for that is, one, we there's so many unknowns right now. I mean, there's nothing set in stone by either Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, the federal government, Ginnie Mae, as to how this is going to be reported on the credit report. So for those that have the wherewithal to make your payment, make it. For those that have the wherewithal to pay their rent, pay your rent payment. 
Um, right now we're seeing, I mean, it's crazy in the rental markets as well. And you're fully aware of that, Mimi. Yes. Um, you know, so everybody, everybody, it's, it's a whole chain. It's a domino effect. Um, one person doesn't get paid. It puts a hardship on another person, on another person, on another person. And so it's important that we all do our part to try and, and help everybody out, including ourselves. Um, Phil, so let's talk a little bit more about the moratorium on evictions. Yep. My understanding on the moratorium on evictions right now, I hear there's a six-month moratorium. I'm not quite sure if that's 100% correct. Can you help me out on that, Mimi? Yeah, I was hearing something similar, but we will have to verify that. Uh, But nevertheless, if you are laid off and you can't make your mortgage payment, uh, similarly, you would want to reach out to your landlord and see what sorts of situations that you could work out together. Right, Phil? I mean, here's the, yep. The other thing I would encourage our listeners to do is, is talk with their landlord, talk with their servicer, and, and let's say, let's just say hypothetically your rent is a thousand. And you were to go to your landlord and say, hey, I can't pay you the full thousand, but I can pay you five hundred. See if you can work out a deal with the servicer to pay what you can pay. Because ultimately, ultimately, mortgage payments are going to have to be paid back, and ultimately, rent is going to have to be paid back. So I would just encourage people to work with people, and I think everybody's right now, there's so much humanity and care out there that I think people will work with you to get you back on your feet if you're, going, if, if you're struggling at this time. Right. And so when we come back from this break, Phil, I think what I would like to talk about is um, about whether now is a good time to buy still or is it a good time to sell in new construction? Okay, great. We'll also, we'll also take your calls. Give a part, give be a part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on MyTalk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman, our friend uh, from Amic Home Loans. Phil Olson is on the phone as well. And Mimi, we didn't get a chance to cover these earlier. We were talking about all the links that we put up on the Red Hot Real Estate Show page every week. Yes, we've got some good new links posted today. Um, our spring guides are available, so you can go there and download those. Um, we also have a beautiful featured house ah. that we've got posted this week that you must take a look at. Well, hold on. If we're going to talk about a featured house, I want to give it a, the proper fanfare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Producer Sonny. What do you have for us, Mimi? Well, this is a beautiful, beautiful home. And I'm just going to tell you, Stone Mill Farms neighborhood in Woodbury is a premier neighborhood. Um, clubhouse, swimming pools, trails. It's just a beautiful, beautiful community. And we've got a lovely home at 11175 Anvil Curve. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing that I love about this particular property is that this one is a custom home oh, okay. with four plus garage stalls. Ooh. And it is finished. It's beautiful. Granite. Uh, beautiful Trex deck yeah, come off on the that back. Jay Leno style. That's oh, what you're doing. Yeah. If you're a car so yep. it is perfect for the small business owner or car enthusiast or somebody who just even wants to have a ton of room in there in the winter where you can store all your toys, maybe a boat enthusiast. Um, this property is gorgeous. Four bedroom, three finished baths. 
and an unfinished basement with an egress window. Okay. So that's perfect to finish that off for additional square feet. We've got it priced at four forty five, and we do have a three D tour that you can go and take a look at. We've got that posted on our show page, and if you'd like to schedule a private showing for that, be sure and reach out at six five one five seven eight two two one eight. Well, we appreciate. We always that's- encourage people to go and get those guides. And and what were you going to say, Phil? Uh, that, I know that area very well, and yes, it is one of the premier areas in all of Woodbury. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. It is gorgeous. And, Phil, you know, you could move to Woodbury. I heard you <laughs> might be interested. I don't know. <laughs> that works, so let's talk about- uh, right, right, right now, I'm just hunkered down and keeping my kids safe. <laughs> okay, so let, we don't know if we noticed the song that came into this, this segment, but, you know, get your nails done, get your hair done. What was that oh, song yeah, called? from Lizzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good as hell. So um, we were just as funny, Phil, we were talking between the break about like, you know, our hair, you know, with not being able to go to see our stylist. Correct. It is a hot, hot mess. Yes. The struggle is real. Not for us, not not only for us, but for a lot of people out there. You were just living. Uh, I'm just glad. I just glad my my listeners can't see what I look like right now because I definitely need a haircut. Well, you're just happy you have hair, right, Phil? (laughs) You're correct. That's funny. That was funny. You can laugh. Okay. I know. So let's talk a little bit about what safety measures that our companies are doing to protect our oh, clients. Good point. Yes. Um, I will let you know that we have a printout that we're laminating and, and giving to our clients to put on their doors, both the front and the back. And we're the the guidelines say you know please. Keep six feet of separation between all people like we all know to do. Yes. Remove your shoes upon entry. Leave all the lights and doors exactly as you found them. And advise your clients, your buyers, to not touch anything. Right. There's no reason for them to be touching things if the seller is leaving things open. Yes. Um, And only the realtor to open all doors and cabinets with a Clorox wipe. And only two buyers in a property at a time. Right. So no unnecessary family and friends coming through just because you want their second opinion. Right. Those this days is just are not the over. time for that. Right. Yeah. Those days are over. And, you know, we all know that sometimes you get into a house when you're taking a showing and you're like, oh, my goodness, I have got to go to the bathroom. Nope. Plan ahead for that because we're not allowing that. And for the realtor who's assisting the buyer client to make sure that they've got a Clorox wipe with them or something similar, that they're wiping down everything that was touched, including but not limited to the switches, handles, cabinets, doorknobs, garage door openers, lock boxes, and the keys inside. Right. And to wipe themselves out, just like we're doing here in the studio. Right, exactly. Ms. Shannon? Yep. Yep. So those are some of the things that we are doing. And what I what I can tell you is I know for a fact that we are that not everyone is doing that. Mm. Just the simple just the simple thing of giving a client. I'm gonna give you a story. So I'm working with someone who um, is living in a rental, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're waiting for their house to close and that landlord listed the property with no no kind of protection or guidelines for the tenant. Okay. Okay. So if you are in that situation and you would like a copy of this document, we will email that out to you. All you have to do is either email us or call and request it and you can copy it, print it, put it on your door. Right. You can go to email the show on mytalk1071.com and look for the Red Hot Real Estate Show. So I will tell you and Phil, you can tell me what you're hearing on the street, but our company, Remax Results, we are, are monitoring the market 
on the on the week. And so Remax results listings for March 2020 were up 17 percent from March 2019. And that is as of the end of March. So the 31st. Okay. So we're waiting for the new the new information. But for Minneapolis as a whole, um, new listings increased 16 percent to 1688. That's what we've got new this this as of March 21st. Pending sales also increased 11% to 1,183, and our inventory continues to decrease 7%. Only 8,653 homes for the metro area. Now, our median sales price is continuing to go up. Okay. 281,500 for the metro area. And days on market decreased to 67 days. Uh, the percent of original list price that our sellers are receiving is still high. It's at 98%. And our month supply of income continues to go down at 1.6 months of in- inventory. So that brings me to the point, uh, if a normal market is between five and six months of inventory and we have 1.6, is now a great time to sell? Well, you you have to have that consultation with your realtor. And if you haven't had that consultation, you're thinking about it, we would love to talk with you because it's going to be a different a different kind of experience right. with the things that we have, the parameters that we're under. So right now, real estate is considered an essential service. Correct. So real estate, title, mortgage, we're still allowed to do business, and, but we still have to all be safe. What we are seeing right now, and we're not, we don't really have clarification on this, is whether or not photographers who are instrumental in our business, whether they're going to be still considered essential. Um, also stagers, declutterers, movers. We don't know yet if, and that can change. Like it could change tomorrow and the governor would say, no, you're not essential anymore. And then we would all just have to pivot. Yes. Right, Phil? I would just state that everybody needs to be very, very flexible in this current market environment at this point in time. So, Phil, let's talk a little bit about what we're seeing in the new construction world. Um, We know that um, supply chains are being affected by this and there's delays. So let's talk about what happens if there's a delay and, and some of the reasons that there might be a delay. Well, I would go back to first off is if you're under contract with a builder and they pre-qualified you, say, three months ago, I would definitely be contacting that lender to find out what your status is at this point in time. Uh, Secondly, I'm hearing that a lot of small builders, and matter of fact, I've got currently a transaction right now that's in trouble, has nothing to do with the, the consumer's loan. It has to do with uh, cabinets, wood millwork, woodwork, uh, countertop. Uh, I got a call from the builder basically telling me that there's going to be a delay to six to nine weeks, which our closing was supposed to be around the May 20th time frame. Wow. And now it's being pushed out. It's being pushed out to the end of June, potentially July. And uh, right now, that that's going to make this transaction uh, tougher. Uh, thank God, thank God, the uh, the builder and the consumer are fully aware of it, and I'm working with them through this this potential pitfall. So, Phil, if if folks, so we all know that builders oftentimes have their own mortgage companies. 
Um, let's speak to the strength of some of these small mortgage companies and what folks can do if they're in trouble. I would, I would tell you it, it comes down to speaking with that specific lender, maybe doing a little bit of research on that lender, find out what their capabilities are, and, and depending on what the loan officers telling you and what you're able to find out maybe with the help of your real estate agent uh, at that point in time you might be, want to start considering do you need to go someplace else to get get your loan done because uh, with all the changes that are happening uh, we're also starting to see some mortgage lenders being gobbled up or having almost the inability to close a loan based on what's happening in the finance markets. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, when you say gobbled up, what do you mean exactly? Acquired? Acquired, being sold. Um, they don't, because it's their warehouse lines, uh, banks are, are, are crimping down on lenders' warehouse lines to where they cannot fund loans, and it all comes down to risk. And the market, they're afraid. They're afraid right now. I hate to use the words recession. Um, all the economists are predicting that we're going to have a recession. And right now, they're looking at their portfolios going, how can we remove the risk um, to basically stay alive, unfortunately? And let's you know? talk about what, so, what that means, Phil, from a mortgage perspective. When you talk about warehouse lines, can you elaborate for our listeners a little bit about what that is from your perspective as a mortgage person? Yep. Well, uh, under under Amex system right now, we have four warehouse lines, okay? These warehouse lines, they're like giant loans from giant commercial lenders. And as we close loans, we have to put it into onto the warehouse line, and then because we fund the loans. So in other words, we're bringing the money to the closing table. Well, a loan doesn't transfer from, say, Amic Home Loans in, in real time. Normally, there's a couple days, maybe three to five days, where it's kept on this warehouse line, and then it gets sold off to either Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Ginnie Mae, whatever the case may be. All right? If you're working with a lender that is bringing the cash to the table like like we do, and some lenders don't. They broker the loan. So in other words, it's the broker that brings the money to the table. Since we fund all our loans, we're funding it on what's called a warehouse line. And basically that loan gets transferred to the warehouse line, and then from there it goes to the servicer. If a specific servicer or a warehouse line gets reduced, and let's say you have a a million-dollar warehouse line, and you can only keep five loans on it, and they reduce that to, say, 500000 Now, that's not the case with Amec. Our warehouse lines are in the billions, believe it or not. Um, but other companies are not as robust as, say, Amec Home Loans is. So we have more capability. So basically, your warehouse line, if you're maybe, and this is just hypothetically speaking, if you are not a robust lender, they, they could get slashed. And so the money that was once available goes away. Is that correct, Phil? Correct. Correct. So in other words, if the warehouse line is full 
and then they reduce the warehouse line capacity, there, even though your loan is ready to close, there's no place to put it because there's no money that can be borrowed in the short term. Okay. Your warehouse line is a, your warehouse line is a very short term vehicle for us to put to get draw that money, pay everybody at the closing, pay the builder, pay the seller, pay pay everybody. But if that if that capacity of the warehouse is reduced that jeopardizes that specific mortgage lender from actually closing a loan. So, Phil. All right. And I go ahead. So basically what you're describing, it's a a mortgage well. It's where people go to get the money. And when the well dries up, then things happen. Correct? Correct. Okay. So when we come back. Very good analogy. (laughs) So when we come back from this break, we've got a lot of things to talk about. But one of the nice things we're going to talk about is Phil is going to share his very own homemade spaghetti recipe, right? That he created himself in his kitchen. Awesome. All right. We're excited for that. And we're excited to have you be part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. In studio, our friend Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results. On the phone, we have our friend Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans telling about all the changes that have gone on over the last week and trying to get you prepared so that you can still move forward and have all the right information. 100%, yeah. And we know that, that this is changing on the dime, on the minute, on the second. So if you guys that are listening... We encourage you to send us your questions throughout the week. Um, If something happens to you um, in your transaction or you were thinking about selling, but now you're not sure or, you know, if you want to buy because you're you're renting and you're unsure about that, please just email us your questions. And how do they do that, Miss Shannon? You can email us. You can go to mytalk1071.com, keyword red hot, and you can find Mimi directly at... You can reach me by email, Mimi at mnredhotrealestate.com. And Phil, how do folks get a hold of you? They can email me at phil at callphilolson.com or just give me a phone call, 651 238 Six seven four eight. And so we've all heard a little bit uh, in the news about iBuyers. There was we did a segment on it back uh, maybe three or so months ago, six months. I don't know. Time flies. Right. But um, we also know that when the market shifted, that the iBuyers, they fled. And so uh, we also know that some of the people that were participating in those programs, they had their offers pulled from them. So if you know someone who is in the middle of an iBuyer program and that was canceled, we would like to, to be able to offer them some assistance. So please have them reach out to us um, and let's talk about what they need and what they're going through. Because we have 1,100 sales associates throughout uh, the whole entire metro. We have experts in our company that can assist folks. So... Um, Switching gears, we're all spending a lot of time in our our kitchen. So Miss Shannon is looking all suave over there with her (laughs) weight loss program, and I'm not doing so good. But, you know, whatever. Um, I I figure I can hit a treadmill one of these days someday. You know what? We each have different ways that we are keeping ourselves busy right now, so I'm not not judging you. Yeah, don't hate. You notice I hadn't even said anything about it. I think you look beautiful. She's looking all all swift. I can't talk. All 
slim and trim, a little tiny waist, and all you know, cuted up over here. Whatever. That was not the point of this this whole dialogue. But we do enjoy the kitchen, and we are all doing. I, you know, we've talked to a lot of our friends, and they are all, uh, you know, cooking a lot more than they maybe used to. Like even if you were a person that it would be like once a week, you would do a family recipe. Now that might be a couple times a week. Or so every let me night. just let me just share with you. I made biscuits. You know, we had ah. biscuits. What goes on a biscuit? Nothing but fat, right? Butter, and, butter and maybe some honey. Yeah, I got some honey from when my dad used to keep bees. And so bringing that out, we're just eating the pantry, right? And like, yes. But it was good. Uh-huh. I enjoy every minute of it. Yeah, you don't want to know what I made. That kind of thing. So Phil, <laughs> Phil Olson, you brought a really good recipe. And um, we're going to share that with our listeners, something that you created yourself. Yep, and I will tell you that everybody that tries it says I should bottle it and sell it, believe it or not. Well, wait, we have music for you, Phil. Hold on, you get a fanfare. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) His food is so sexy, Phil. Love it. Collard right. greens and cornbread, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you have for us, Phil? Very good. <laughs> All right. So it's a real easy recipe. You don't have to spend all day putting together. It's the spaghetti sauce. Yes. So it doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. Grab two jars of spaghetti sauce. Okay. Throw it, it, throw it in a crock pot. <clears throat> Get a big crock pot. I want you to add, <clears throat> excuse me. One teaspoon of garlic, a half a cup of Italian, excuse me, <coughs> Italian seasoning, a half a cup of Italian seasoning, a half a teaspoon of cinnamon. That's key. Ooh, okay. A half a teaspoon of cinnamon. One medium onion chopped, one large green pepper chopped, one pound hamburger ground mm-hmm. or browned, one package of hot sausage get the nice hot not the links but the big hot sausages okay you know normally a five pack Mm -hmm. throw that in the crock pot add one cup of red wine let it cook on high high in your crock pot for four hours okay and so drop it down then drop it down to low and the key is is put your wooden spoon in the crock pot so that way, the air can escape the crock pot with the lid on because then that will cause your sauce to thicken. Yes. Total cook time is six hours. Total prep time, about 20 minutes. Gotcha. And so- you, don't need, you, don't, you don't need to cook your sausages. Throw them in raw. Okay, what I, can up. you tell me what you're talking about with the sausage? Are we talking about ground sausage or like Polska kielbasa? <laughs> How yeah, about that? Pol- polka kielbasa. There you go. You want a polka kielbasa <laughs> hot Italian sausage. That's what you want. You can get it in the meat department. And I think he was trying uh, to make not- sure that you got the hot sausage, not the hot links. Yes. Yes. And Phil, I am correct. a fan from somebody from that part of the country. I am a fan of a hot link, but that mm-hmm. is not what he puts in his. He's, that's not what he meant. I got you. Next week, maybe we talk about jambalaya. Oh, Phil. Yes, why yes. do you keep. Oh, there you go. <laughs> why do you keep that wood spoon in there? Is that not like cellulose and no. stuff cooking out? No. <laughs> No, well, I put a wood spoon in. Maybe, maybe I should be using a metal spoon. 
The key oh, is that sounds you worse. want the cover. <laughs> Yeah. You want you want the cover. You want the cover to allow the steam to release, and that will then cook off the watery. You don't want a watery spaghetti sauce. Correct. You want it thick. So you put the spoon in, so it's it's got a little damper area for uh, the air to escape, and that helps you thicken your sauce. And it's absolutely phenomenal. And Phil, what kind of wine do you throw in there? I throw a red wine. A normal red cooking wine would be great. Now, if you want to put a more expensive red wine in there, I don't know if there's really if it makes a difference or not, but I throw one full cup of red wine. But like I said, the key is is the half a teaspoon of cinnamon. That really gives it the flavor. So here's here's what you're making is you're you're making Cincinnati chili, sounds like, with that cinnamon. That's that's the whole thing about Cincinnati chili is the cinnamon piece of it. So I bet that really is good. And you don't really see that that much up here. Right. So, Phil, we we really thank you for, you know, bringing your expertise about the mortgage stuff. And we know that everybody is going through a lot. Um, we, we have so much material we didn't even cover today. One of the things I think I want to finish and we've got about one minute left is employment verifications are changing on the dime and do you have any parting words about employment verifications that people should be aware of parting words are the following if you get laid off your hours get reduced your pay gets cut if your um if your employment status has changed at all you need to be calling your lender being open with them because lenders are doing employment verifications same day or within three days of closing. So if something's going to change, it's better to talk with your lender and see if there's a way to restructure the loan based on your current employment situation. Now, I've heard that some lenders are actually two weeks after you've already closed. Crazy. But reach out to us during the week. 651-578-2218 or Mimi at MNRedHotRealEstate.com and we'll see you next week. Right. You can find Phil at CallPhilOlson.com and you can